0: Thanks for listening to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. We'd like to better understand who's listening and how you're using podcasts. Please help us out by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org slash podcast survey. That's one word. It takes less than 10 minutes and really helps support the show. That's npr.org slash podcast survey.
1: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I am the Eggman. I am the Curtis. (laughs) Bill Curtis. And here's your host, recording in his closet like some kind of godforsaken podcaster, Peter Sagal.
0: Thank you, Bill, and thank you... Well, nobody you all, that applause you heard was actually the passengers on a Southwest Airlines flight clapping for a pilot because he landed the plane. <laughs> Thank you, Producer Mike, for that sound effect reminding us of one of the advantages of not being able to go anywhere. Later on, we're going to be talking to Samantha B, Bee, who's been doing her weekly show on TBS, Full Frontal, from somewhere in the woods. But first, we hope you can come out of hiding and give us a call. The number is one wait wait that's one 924 8924 Time to welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
2: Hi, this is Noah from Colorado Springs.
0: Colorado Springs, one of the more beautiful places I've been. What do you do there?
2: I am a middle school history and English teacher.
0: Wow, that's tough under any circumstances. How has it been uh, uh, doing it remotely?
2: Uh, you know, it's been good. I would say the novelty has worn off, definitely.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: That took five, seven minutes, or... <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, I, that's
1: I, I,
0: I will say this, and I, will na- I, I say this with all due respect for the middle school students I know. For all the difficulties you have, at least you don't have to smell them. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. Well, Noah, welcome to our show. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, a comedian whose microphone broke right before the show. You can check out his stand-up on his YouTube channel, it's Adam Burke. Can Hello, you know how, are you? how are you? Hello. Next up is a comedian who stars in the Asian-American coming-of-age comedy Becoming Eddie at BecomingEddieFilm.com and is performing May 13th at NowhereComedyClub.com. It's Helen Hong.
3: Hi, Noah. Hi, everybody.
0: Hello. And a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning and author of the New York Times bestselling Mobituaries Great Lives Worth Reliving. It's Mo Rocca. Hi, Noah. When I went to Colorado Springs, my head almost exploded from the altitude. (laughs) Yeah. Well, welcome to the show, Noah. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain just two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show you might choose in your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Sure am. Okay. Here is your first quote.
1: I had no idea how popular it was.
0: That was the president putting the best possible spin in the outrage that came when he announced earlier in the week that he was going to disband what? The coronavirus task force. Exactly right, Noah. It was exciting at first, you know, the task force, the meetings, but apparently the president decided people were losing interest. In fact, according to his aides, as many as 3,000 people stop watching the briefings every day. So he decided the crisis is over. As Trump said, mission accomplished. No, wait, I'm sorry. That was the virus. It even had a little tiny banner behind it.
3: (laughs) You know, um, when when I was little, my teeth were so out of line that my parents insisted that I get braces when I was eight. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, predictably, my entire face and head changed. So then I had to get braces again. And then after that set of braces, I lost my little um retainer thing so then i had to get invisalign again in my 30s and that's how i feel canceling this coronavirus task force is right now it's giving your kid (laughs) braces when they're eight they will need to get them again
2: why am i suddenly imagining the president now on a
0: tricycle just going around (laughs) the driveway in front of the white house with braces (laughs) You know, the president never liked the task force anyway, mainly because it involved his least favorite thing, tasks. I'm surprised he just hasn't started wearing lots
2: of scarves, <laughs> like to, Dr. To Birx? Try, to try, yeah, like, <laughs> like 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 Trump will show up in lots of scarves and Eileen Fisher, just trying to steal Dr. Birx's thunder. <laughs>
4: Or, or just start wearing a, a stethoscope around his neck so people think right. he's
0: some sort of medical professional. What, what's, what's weird, of course, is we don't really know what's been going on with these meetings, this task force behind the scenes. So everybody's looking forward to decades from now when we get a last dance style documentary about the whole thing with Dr. Fauci as Michael Jordan telling us all how much he hated every single person he worked with. Yeah, back then the task force was basically a cocaine circus.
4: <laughs> you know what I think the problem with the task force was? No uniforms. Mm-hmm. They all need like a they all need a coord you They all like have a big TF on the front because coronavirus yeah. task force. It already sounds like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like it sounds like they need like a theme
3: song. You yeah, I mean? coronavirus task force. task force. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. They need a
2: handshake <laughs> and a salute. I mean, Adam, because this president runs the country like a network executive, you realize that he's going to take that idea and do an animated task force and and shoot them into outer space because that's what they did with Josie and the Pussycats. Right. Right. They put them into outer space.
3: I would watch that. I'm not going to lie. I would totally watch an animated Dr. Fauci. Fauci
2: and the task
4: force. (laughs) I think Burks and Fauci would be fine with being shot into space right now. (laughs) As far away from this guy as possible. Totally fine.
0: Noah. Your next quote is about a new staple in all of our wardrobes.
1: Ready for the Gucci, Louis Vuitton,
0: Armani? That was a tweet from someone excited that high fashion designers are now making what newly essential fashion accessory? Face masks. Face masks. Exactly right, Noah. Very well done. Major fashion houses are now making masks. So now you don't only have to worry about looking silly, you have to worry about looking cheap. And it's one more thing that they'll be able to do on the red carpet with all the stars will be wearing, you know, designer face masks. First, who are you wearing? And second, who are you?
2: I want, I want a face mask from Jean-Paul Gaultier, the guy who did Madonna's, used to do Madonna's costume. So there'd just be a long cone sticking right out from my mouth.
0: Because then it would accomplish, it would accomplish uh, social distancing at the same time. With no end in sight, it looks like we'll be wearing masks for the indefinite future. We're all looking forward to the craze of this summer, the three-piece bathing suit.
3: <laughs> I think that so, fashion designers need to pour their creativity into something, since the only thing that any of us are going to be wearing on the bottoms is um, a half-tied bathrobe. So, it's <laughs> true.
0: Just,
3: they... But bottoms make good
2: masks. I mean, I, 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 that sounds really... Um dirty. But anyway, they and bottoms <laughs> make great masks, like briefs. Like you could fashion old briefs into masks. And every time I bring this up, people are like, that's
4: gross. I don't get it. It will definitely keep people six feet away from you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Noah, here is your last quote. Ah, ooh. Searing pain. That was a man named Coyote Peterson after he willingly, willingly got stung by a new pest invading the U.S. What is it? Murder wasps or murder bees. Close enough. Murder hornets is what they're called. The murder hornet sounds just like another podcast, but it's actually (laughs) a name for the Asian giant hornet, and they've been (sighs) spotted in the Pacific Northwest. Have, Have you seen them? I mean, they're terrifying. They're these giant hornets about two inches long, and they can decimate an entire beehive in minutes. They also sting people, as you heard, and it is extremely painful, but don't worry. They only attack when you provoke them by doing things like running or seeming scared, breathing... Or existing and by the way of course NPR insists that we call it the alleged murder hornet <laughs> <laughs> did you see the praying mantis
2: though take it on yeah that video of the praying mantis eating the head of the murder hornet. It was It was so... I, I didn't care that the murder hornet had not been brought to trial yet. I just loved that kind of... I loved that the praying mantis just went for it.
3: Why are they Asian murder hornets? Can't we have a non-racial murder hornet? I mean, cannot we judge our murder hornets by the content of their character and not the color of their skin? I mean, come on. Like, Asians have had such a beating this year. Whoever is doing PR for Asians lately, we gotta fire them and hire the person who's doing PR for Harvey Weinstein. Come on.
2: Helen, Helen, do you feel pressure to disavow the crimes of the murder hornet? (laughs) I
3: do. I do.
4: I I mean, if you think the murder hornet is big, have you seen the vehicular homicide hornet? That thing is huge.
0: (laughs) Bill how did Noah do in our quiz Noah Noah did great and if
1: you see that hornet please call us Noah
0: thank you for playing
1: Noah yeah thank you I appreciate it
0: Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Mo, this week saw the first ever live broadcast of Supreme Court oral arguments. It was done over teleconference, and that means for the first time in the history of this country, in addition to hearing the justices in real time, the nation also heard what? The ultimate dissent a toilet flush. <laughs> That's exactly right, Mo. On Wednesday, during the live broadcast of the oral arguments, everybody on the call, which was all of us, could clearly hear a toilet flushing as a lawyer was speaking. Now, the fact that everybody heard it, but nobody said anything means it was absolutely a Supreme Court justice who did it. (laughs) And they say that Justice Thomas
2: never reacts from the bench.
0: (laughs) It's true. Even more alarming than the toilet flushing is what we did not hear, which was the sound of someone then washing their hands.
4: Oh, right. That's right. That's That's right. That's what the robes are for. And that's why they're black. Now,
2: my question is, was this a sitting Supreme Court justice or a
0: standing Supreme Court justice? (laughs) (laughs) If, if people are wondering, if we're like, wait a minute, we make this up, we actually have the tape. This is what the nation heard as they listened to the highest court in the land. And what the FCC
4: has said is that when the subject matter of the call ranges to the topic, <laughs> then the call is transformed. and it, it... <laughs> I think it's pretty telling. I think we know why they always rule against environmentalists, because that's definitely not a low-flow toilet. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Coming up, our panelists are not amused in our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as abortion, depression, stress, anxiety, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment when you need professional help. Get help at your own time and your own pace, schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Visit BetterHelp.com wait to learn more and get 10% off your first month.
2: The biggest story in the world is a science story. And keeping up with all the latest coronavirus research, it's a lot. So on Shortwave, we translate the science you need to know into short daily episodes. Listen and subscribe to Shortwave from NPR.
1: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Mo Rocca, Helen Hong, and Adam Burke. And here again is your host, who thankfully just muted his microphone when he went to the bathroom, Peter Sagal.
0: Thank you, Bill. Right now it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game on the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
3: Hi. This is Carrie. I am calling from Virgens, Vermont.
0: Virgens, okay. And what do you do there?
3: Um, I read people's brains. You... I am an EEG technologist. Oh, yeah.
0: oh okay. I was afraid <laughs> you took them out of their heads first. That would be bad.
1: <laughs> Not okay. during it, no.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to our show, Carrie. You're going to play the game in which you must tell truth from fiction. Bill, what's Carrie's topic?
1: Paint me like one of your French
0: girls. <laughs> ah, the artist's muse, the person you paint in order to get them to sleep with you. This week, we read about a rather unlikely muse. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the true story out of the three of them, and you will win our prize, the wait-waiter of your choice in your voicemail. Are you ready to play?
4: Sure am.
0: All right, let's hear first from Adam Burke. The remote Scottish island of Coll in
4: the Inner Hebrides has received a striking new tourist attraction in recent months. Visitors to the picturesque yet remote isle will now be greeted by an imposing eight-foot sculpture of a powerful Scandinavian warrior. But while the composition seems to be a nod to the storied Nordic history of the area, rather peculiarly, the name of the composition is none other than Bill Curtis. It's probably the first piece I've done where the inspiration was purely audio, explains the creator of the piece, Local sculptor Connor McNair, one day I heard this great, booming, authoritative voice emanating from the speaker, and it somehow seemed to match with the vision of this powerful Viking figure I had in mind. Though McNair has no idea what Bill Curtis actually looks like, he did add some homages to the venerable broadcaster with the composition. You'll notice the pommel of the broadsword is a microphone, said McNair. And those runes on his belt buckle spell out lightning round in Old Norse. As for the figure's granite jaw, dense flowing locks, and quite frankly, Schwarzeneggerian physique, well, that's just what comes to mind when I hear that voice, says McNair. And if you're listening, Mr. McNair, the likeness is uncanny.
0: A heroic statue, (laughs) rippling with muscles, based solely on the voice of one William Curtis. Your next Story of someone's inspo comes from Helen Hong.
3: Being tall is a lofty dream for many men, but not for English actor Stephen Merchant. The lanky star of Extras and Hello Ladies is a towering six foot seven inches and has the general air of a very skinny, hairless Bigfoot, which makes any sudden movements on his part absolutely mesmerizing. That's what Grace J. Kim, a mechanical engineer, discovered last year when she found herself in the same car repair shop as the gangly actor. Waiting in the lobby while her Prius was being serviced, Miss Kim watched another Prius pull up with a very tall driver hunched behind the wheel. At first, Miss Kim didn't recognize Stephen Merchant, but when he finally managed to unfold himself out of the diminutive vehicle, she thought, wow, that's the hilarious Nazi from Jojo Rabbit. (laughs) She kept her eyes on him as he managed to take two steps away from his Prius, only to trip on a wayward tire iron and go flailing across the mechanic shop floor. The image was surreal and beautiful. There were miles of arms and legs flying everywhere, and I could feel the airflow from his limbs whipping against me. She ran home, jumped onto her mechanical engineering software, and thus a new windmill design was born. It turns out random, desperate flailing creates powerful eddies in the atmospheric vortex, she says. The design is currently being tested in Southern California.
0: (laughs) The very tall and gangly actor Stephen Merchant inspires a new design for a windmill. And finally, let's hear an amusing story from Mo Rocca. The brain was the true erogenous zone,
2: said the first lady. No, not the current First Lady, but fictional First Lady Sadie Gray, the lead character in the 1991 best-selling potboiler Happy Endings. Written by Washington Doyenne Sally Quinn, the book's lead character falls madly for a dashing NIH scientist based on none other than Anthony Fauci. Yes, the same Anthony Fauci who has seen his face plastered on dolls, alcoholic beverages, even socks, and who sounds strikingly like Jimmy Durante. And indeed, (laughs) soon after meeting, the novel's two lovers are inka dinka doing it. Nope, she's not waiting 18 months for his vaccine. You are like a tumor in my brain which is getting larger and larger each day, the fictional Dr. Michael Lanzer coos to an insatiable Sadie. Sally Quinn met the real Fauci at a Washington dinner party. I just fell in love with him, she said. The novel, in parts, seems prophetic. The fictional doctor captivates the Capitol with his decency and candor. He's gobsmacked by the incompetence of administration officials. Meanwhile, an incapacitated president leaves the nation feeling rudderless. Readers who are wise to Dr. Lanzer's real identity will find themselves picturing a very naked Anthony Fauci. (laughs) Antibody test? More like hot body
0: fest. (laughs) All right, Carrie, these are your choices. From Adam Burke, a statue of the one and only Bill Curtis, inspired just by his voice. From Helen Hong, the actor Stephen Merchant and his flailing arms, inspiring a new windmill design. Or from Mo Rocca, how Anthony Fauci inspired a very sexy character in a romantic potboiler. Which of these is the real story?
2: Um, I'm thinking
5: Helen's story number two.
0: You're going to go for Helen's story of how the actor Stephen Merchant, all almost seven feet of him flailing around, inspired (laughs) an engineer to create a new windmill? I just hope so. All right, you're going to go for that. Well, we actually were able to speak to the very person who was so inspired.
5: I've been looking for the perfect prototype for the lover, and Tony was unbelievably smart, and I found him quite sexy.
0: (laughs) That was Sally Quinn. She's the author of the Washington set romance's Regrets Only and Happy Endings, featuring the character based on Dr. Anthony Fauci.
3: Oh, I'm sorry,
1: Carrie.
0: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm afraid you didn't win, but you earned a point for Helen, and you know, I think... I think if Steven Merchant is out there he's probably very flattered <laughs> as well. Thank you so much for playing Carrie.
3: Thank you.
0: Another game where we ask interesting people about things they're probably not interested in. Samantha Bee was a breakout star on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, and she then became the first woman to host a late-night comedy show, Full Frontal, on TBS. She was also the first host to completely get rid of the time-honored desk on the set, which was smart because now she hasn't had to move a desk out to the woods behind her house where she's been filming <laughs> her show for the last two months. Samantha B, welcome mm-hmm. to Wait, Wait. Yes,
5: thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: We're so excited to have you. Thank you. And I know we've been trying to get you for a while, and I'm just thankful that something, an incident happened where you had nowhere else to go so we could <laughs> get you. Well, then
5: you're responsible for this whole cataclysm. Yes. You did this. We
0: did it. Yep. I- how are you doing? How are you handling the quarantine?
5: I mean, we are fine. I feel lucky to be working and lucky to be able to make the show in the forest.
0: This is interesting because mm-hmm. the other people on TV, your peers like Seth Meyers and Stephen Colbert, they're in their homes. Mm-hmm. You are doing your show outside. We uh, it, are. Is it woods behind your house? Is it-
5: it's the woods behind my house. And re- like we really made the choice be- simply because we didn't have any lights. And we were like, well, (laughs) sunshine is a good, it's the best natural light for us. So to be even more lo-fi, we just decided that the light of day was actually the best lighting that we could get. And so it just yeah. was a very organic kind of function of us not knowing what we were doing and not having a lot of equipment.
0: <laughs> it also makes you the first late-night host to ever have to worry about a rain delay.
5: Absolutely. And it does – we definitely have to watch – we watch the weather uh, scrupulously. We have – our backup plan is terrible. It's we, – we figure we could – shoot in the gazebo in the backyard, but it's noisy back there because there's a creek that runs by, so we don't really have any plan B if there's bad weather. We just kind of tape earlier. <laughs> can I ask, do do woodland creatures ever take part? Woodland creatures take part. We have yeah. hawks that go by overhead. Sometimes you can hear turkeys in the background. There's what? Yeah. There's a lot of screeching wildlife, and we've had a couple <laughs> of episodes where we have had... Like, as the, the earth is quite moist, and the gnats come out, so we've had a lot of gnat activity, and it was, like, buzzing around my face. That's really mm-hmm.
0: amazing. I did love that little moment I saw where all these chipmunks came on and touched up your makeup. That's between right. The takes. So that was so beautiful. Really, it was adorable they fixed, of them. Animated. They fixed the
5: ribbons in my hair.
0: <laughs> how have you been dealing with what I guess we've all been dealing with, which is going from having a nice audience that lets you know how well you're doing to not having that?
5: I think it speaks to how familiar I am to not having reactions to the things (laughs) that I say, but I feel perfectly fine. I feel, actually, it's not a problem for me not to have an audience. It's more a problem that I deliver every joke into my husband's eyes, because he's holding the iPhone that we record the whole show on. It's basically just an iPhone 11. And so if something doesn't land, it just really
0: <laughs> thuds. <laughs> <laughs> and are, are your kids helping out as well?
5: Kids are helping out as well. When they don't, because I have three uh, school-age kids, so they're all doing remote learning right now. So when they are finished their lessons for the day, <laughs> which they usually finish kind of around 3 o'clock, yeah. and that's around the time that we like to shoot the show. And my eldest daughter is actually very good. We have this thing called a flex fill, which is just this little aluminum Pan basically that goes under your chin and just shines some like reflects some nice light into your face. And she's very good at holding the flex bill. She really understands how beneficial it is to put a little golden <laughs> light on mommy's face. <laughs> she has a real instinct for it. And I'm glad, but you can tell there are some episodes, actually, if you look closely, she's gotten bored of holding the flex bill, and so the light just drops off my face. She's just <laughs> she's just sat down on a stump. <laughs>
0: So you're married to another comedian and performer Jason Jones and I wonder do you guys compete to be the funnier parent?
5: Uh Jason strives to be the funnier parent, <laughs> but I think I do a better job of it. Uh. It's more natural for me. <laughs> He's trying too hard all the time. No.
2: you should have you should have a system in place like the parent who gets fewer laughs has
0: to clean up after dinner.
5: That sounds very fair. That is a very <laughs> so interesting approach.
0: Have you have you, and your family developed any quarantine rituals or new hobbies? Have you all taken up a craft together or had a like, oh, every Friday, we're gonna dress up for dinner, various things that people are doing?
5: I'm so jealous of people who are productive during quarantine. We're working our way through television shows. Is that, <laughs> is that considered productive now? <laughs> Absolutely. We're, we're very dedicated to watching the show Lost, so we're all kind. Of, we're, that's the one thing that we're doing. That is the one thing that we're doing is gathering at the end of the day and watching and Lost. All watching Lost together.
0: The the family that gets confused by Lost together <laughs> stays together. <laughs> and Fair I, I so. have to, I have to ask, how are you finding it doing comedy, specifically news related comedy, current events comedy, mm-hmm. at the mo- at the current moment? I-
5: We've always tackled really difficult stuff on the show so I think you know it's different kind of the context of big being in the forest delivering tough material is a little more challenging in yes a way. and I would say that we are Making a genuine effort now to find joy wherever we can or to find points of lightness or to find things that are. Yeah, cellular.
0: for example, have you heard about the murder hornets? They're
2: hilarious. hilarious.
0: <laughs> Do you know what could take on the murder hornet? What? A, what? a Samantha oh, Bee.
5: Oh what? Oh,
0: next week's cold (laughs) open right there. Well, Samantha B., it is a pleasure to finally talk to you. I'm sorry it took a national emergency to make it happen, but we did what we had to do. Now, Sam B., you are the host of Full Frontal. So we have invited you here to play a game that this time we're calling Full Bactal. That's right. Full Bactal. We're going to ask you three questions about butt doubles. Those are the people who stand in for actors when a shot showing the posterior is required and the actor is either unwilling or unqualified to do it. Answer two out of okay. three questions about butt doubles and you'll win our prize for one of our okay. listeners, the voice of their choice in your voicemail. Let's do this. I'm ready. Here we go. Bill, who is Samantha B playing for? Julio Salazar of Nashville, Tennessee. All right. I don't, want
5: to, I don't want to disappoint you. <laughs> I don't want to disappoint you. Okay.
0: Here's your first question. Famously, okay. Dakota Johnson gave way to a butt double for her s and scenes in the movie Fifty Shades of Grey. It wasn't that she was shy. Was it A, her mother, Melanie Griffith, once told her, quote, never show them your bank account or your moneymaker? Was it B, the first time and only time actor Jamie Dornan spanked her, she reflexively leapt up and decked him? Or C, too many butt tattoos?
5: I think it was C.
0: And you're right, Sam, it was. Dakota Johnson has too many butt tattoos. Uh, She says that that may have been a mistake. All right, Sam, (laughs) here's your next question. Sandra Bullock needed a butt double in the film Our Brand is Crisis, so filmmakers came up with a creative solution. What was it? A, they used an extreme close-up of two cantaloupes. B, they used one cheek each from two different actors making the first composite ass in film history. Or C, producer George Clooney got on set and did it himself. I think it's B. You think it's B, they used one cheek from two different actors making a composite ass? I'm afraid it was George Clooney's butt. What? Wow. He just he just walked on set and dropped trow and it worked. Bullock said he was surprisingly oh, non-hairy and it did the job nicely. Stop it. So he has a gender neutral butt basically. Exactly.
5: He's going to have to come over here and show me right now. Cuz I don't buy that for one second. You sir, you come over to my house. Show us what you've got.
0: Here's your last question, Sam. How did Liam Neeson explain why he used a butt double for the movie A Million Ways to Die in the West? Was it A, body doubles need to feed their families too, B, my pants don't drop if I'm working for scale, or C, I hate my Irish butt? I think it's C, I hate my Irish butt. You're exactly right. Right. No, you're right, Sam. That's what it was. Oh,
5: thank God.
0: (laughs) Bill, how did Samantha B. do in our quiz? Sam B. knows her butts. (laughs) <laughs> Two out of three, a winner!
5: Yay! Yay. ring a ding
0: ding! Exactly! <laughs> I did it. There you go. Samantha B is the host of Full Frontal with Samantha B. New episodes air Wednesdays on TBS. Thank you so much for joining us on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me, Sam. We are huge fans what and delighted pleasure. to make your acquaintance.
5: I love the show. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you, Sam, Sam, and
0: take care, and we'll see you when this is all over. Thank you. In just a minute, choose chicken or fish in our Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. One of the many ways the coronavirus pandemic has changed the world is that it has greatly limited the choices we get to make every day.
3: It gives you a greater recognition of what you really have in your control and what things you really don't have as much
1: control over.
2: This week. On Hidden Brain, from NPR.
1: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Adam Burke, Mo Rocca, and Helen Hong. And here again is your host from a tiny Chase Bank auditorium he shaped out of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Honestly, we're a little bit worried about him. Peter segel
0: Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill says it feels like the first rhyme in our listener Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's 1-888-924-8924. But right now, panel, it's time for that game we like to call... The Viral Load. This is when we shine a light on all the coronavirus news out there, much like the UV bulb you all should be inserting right now into your bodies. So, we're going to throw questions at you, true-false, rapid-fire style. Get your question right, you get a point. You guys ready to go? Yep. All right, here we go. Mo, true or false, a Florida church announced they'd be suspending all weddings until the coronavirus crisis is over. False. Right. They began conducting drive through weddings from the pay booth in the parking lot. Helen, true or false, a news anchorman in Spain, is apologizing to viewers after his wife was seen walking by naked in the background of a video call. False. Yes, he was apologizing after a woman who was not his wife was seen naked <laughs> in the background. Adam, true or false, police in India have suspended foot chases of suspects because of social distancing concerns. False. Yes, they're still chasing them, but they're using giant tongs to grab them. (laughs) Mo, true or false, a Maryland congressman said the best way to avoid coronavirus is to never leave your home again. True. False. He said the best way to avoid it is to not be born in the first place. Adam, true or false, the pandemic has caused officials in Portland to cancel their annual naked bike ride on June 27th. False. Right, the organizers are encouraging everyone to ride their bikes naked on their own that day. Mo, true or false, a city in Wisconsin is advising residents who share a bed to stop the transmission of coronavirus by sleeping head to toe. False. No, it's true. Helen, true or false, while President Trump toured that mask factory in Arizona, speakers played Live and Let Die by the band Wings. (laughs) True. Yes, that's our latest edition. Of Viral Load, if the models are correct, we'll be increasing the questions exponentially in the coming weeks. <laughs> All right, guys, now some more questions for you from the rest of the week's news. Adam, one outcome of the pandemic is it's revealed a new subset of people out there, people who like to do what when they wash their hands? Um... I have no idea. Can I get a clue? Yes. Usually this is what happens by accident when you don't roll them up. Oh, wait. Like wash their
4: shirt at the same time?
0: Yes, they like to wash their sleeves along with their hands. The global obsession with frequent hand washing has revealed a new population that before kept to themselves. Weirdos that try to get their sleeves wet while washing their hands or doing the dishes or we assume while murdering hobos because obviously these people are sociopaths.
3: What? So they so they purposely are yes, like, hey, while I'm like, here.
0: Yeah, just imagine somebody washing their hands and they work their way up their wrists and right under their sleeves and now they're washing their sleeves.
3: But then, but then they gotta walk around the rest of the day with wet sleeves.
0: They say sleeves. they like it.
3: This is more disturbing than the murder hornets. What is, <laughs> what is wrong with these people?
2: I only do this when I wear a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> get really up there.
2: I like to get down in there.
0: <laughs> Some researchers are weighing in on why a fraction of the population seems to enjoy soaking their sleeves, while other social scientists say, no way am I talking to those people.
4: <laughs> I mean, why would you stop at the sleeves? If you're going to be that, no, right. wouldn't you just
0: keep going? Yeah, then it's hygiene and laundry day at the same time. What's the problem? Right.
4: <laughs> Yeah, if a guy has wet sleeves, does anyone else my mind goes, oh you just helped birth a cat. <laughs> if, yeah. If you're gonna have wet
2: sleeves, it better be from afterbirth.
0: Yeah
4: exactly. <laughs>
0: Coming up, it's lightning fill-in-the-blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's one 888 8924 or you can click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.npr.org. And if you want more Wait Wait in your week, check out the Wait Wait quiz for your smart speaker. It's out every Wednesday, with me and Bill asking you questions, all in the comfort of your home. Because, really, do you want to do another puzzle? <laughs> Hi on wait, wait, don't tell me. Hello. This is Cynthia Gardner. Hi, where are you calling from? From Marblehead, Massachusetts. Marblehead, Massachusetts. Not only do I know Marblehead, I spent every summer of my growing up in Marblehead and Swampscott, the town next door. What do you mm-hmm. do there in that beautiful place?
3: Well, it's my home, but I, I work as a wardrobe stylist. So I you don't do much of
5: that up here, but I work right. in Boston and New York and Los Angeles. Yeah. Oh wow. Mm-hmm.
0: I you don't want to see you don't want to see what we're wearing right no. now. <laughs> well, Cynthia, welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you'll be a big winner. You ready to play? All righty. I'm ready. Here is your first limerick.
1: In Kentucky, we're facing new hurdles, but this hard-shell solution feels fertile. We know, you're aware, they'll outrace any hare. We're replacing the horses with...
0: Turtles. Yes, turtles. The Kentucky Derby was canceled this week, but don't worry, because the Kentucky Turtle Derby replaced it. Sure, turtles are slower and smaller than horses, but it's still a good excuse to bet money on something while wearing ridiculous hats. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, are, are there jockeys riding the turtles? Oh,
0: I hope so. You know the so unfortunate
4: thing about that? have do you know who the jockeys
3: are?
0: Murder hornets. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Damn it. <laughs> All right, here is your next limerick. Since no one's permitted
1: to roam... In-flight meals we don't get to bemoan. To encourage more whining about airline dining, they'll
0: deliver their food to your... Home. Yes! <clears throat> Ural Airlines in Russia is offering delivery of the part of flying you miss the most, that is in-flight meals. They'll bring airplane food on an authentic plastic tray right to your home. To complete the experience, they will run over your foot with a cart.
3: <laughs> Do they force you to wear it while your your knees are up it's, to your
0: chest? Exactly. You're and just for authenticity, up. they give you a half-filled-out crossword to put in front of you.
4: Will they supply other things to complete my recreation? Like, will they deliver a crying child to my house? I'd <laughs> like just have some salesman from Dubuque fart on me for eight hours. Because that... <laughs> those are also things I miss.
0: All at a price. <laughs> All right, Cynthia, here is your last limerick.
1: Our restaurant has a low yield. All its workings are strictly concealed. It's under a plum tree way out in the country. One table set out in a
0: field. Right, a new restaurant is opening this week in Sweden that promises to follow social distancing guidelines by only seating one person at a time. So it's a great place to suggest to meet up with a date if you're not that into them. Here's how it works. Patrons are seated at a single table with one chair in the middle of a field outside the chef and owner's house and will never feel empty, what with all the ants. And to make it seem familiar and comforting, every five minutes they will shout, everything tasting okay, at you with a bullhorn.
4: Did anyone else? As soon as you heard a restaurant in the field, did anyone else start going horse waiters, horse waiters, just just a stallion with a tux and like a (laughs) thing over its? (laughs) May
3: I bring you? May I bring you more wine or nay? (laughs) Um, wait, you can't even bring a friend? It just has to be you alone? You alone in a field. At and at the they, restaurant they, in the they, field? They,
0: uh, And they'll send you the food out on a pulley and like a clothesline type arrangement with a basket. So <laughs> they, Are you, is this, a, is this some
2: dream that you had, Peter? It sounds like you're describing a fascinating dream. Now that you mentioned, I mentioned it, the, I was
4: I'm naked. in a field. I don't know
0: why. <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a... A restaurant that Bugs
0: Bunny went to in a cartoon. <laughs> Bill, how did Cynthia do on our quiz?
1: Cynthia has style. She got them all right.
0: Three at O, Cynthia. <laughs> Congratulations, Cynthia. Thank you so much for Thank playing. Thank you, and
5: my pleasure. And come back to the North Shore anytime, Peter. We'll welcome you anytime. <clears throat>
0: Now it's on to our final game, lightning fill-in-the-blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores?
1: I sure can. Mo has four, Adam has five,
0: and Helen has seven points. Well done, Helen. All right, Mo, you're in third place with four points. You're up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank, Mo. On Monday, Pfizer launched human trials for a potential blank vaccine. Uh, coronavirus. Right. On Sunday, intelligence officials in South Korea said that blank did not have surgery during his disappearance from public view. Kim Jong-un. Right. This week, lawmakers named Mustafa al-Kadimi as the new prime minister of blank. Oh, gosh, a... Um, Iraq? Yes, very good. On Wednesday, the Washington Post reported that President Trump was pushing a $500 million plan to paint blank. To paint, um, a $500 million plan to paint, um, the town red. No, to paint (laughs) his border wall black. This week, Tesla's stock plummeted after blank tweeted, quote, Tesla stock price is too high, IMO. Elon Musk. Yes, on Thursday, the U.S. reported 3.5 million new blank claims, bringing the seven-week total to 33 million. Unemployment. Right. This week, a man in South Dakota was arrested for driving under the influence after he blanked. Um, after he drove into a liquor store. No, after he ran himself over. <laughs> it was 11:30 in the morning when witnesses saw the man tumble out of the front door of his truck which was still in drive and run himself over. Police arrived in the scene and quickly determined the man was intoxicated in part because his blood alcohol level was well above the legal limit and in part because the first thing the relatively unharmed man asked officers was, "Did anybody get the license plate number on that truck?" Is that what's known as a self-own? I believe it is. <laughs> I believe it is, Mo. Bill, how did Mo do in our quiz?
1: He had uh, five points, racking up 10 for a total of 14.
0: Adam, you're up next, fill in the blank. On Thursday, the Justice Department announced it was dropping the case against former National Security Advisor, blank.
4: Um, uh, Flynn?
0: Yes, for the first time in its history, New York City deliberately shut down its blank system on Wednesday.
4: Uh, Subway.
0: Right, this week, police in Louisiana issued a warning that anyone visiting a local bank's ATM should be on the lookout for blanks. Um, raccoons that steal your money. So close, overly aggressive chickens. On Thursday, (sighs) high-end department store blank filed for bankruptcy. Neiman Marcus. Yes, on Monday, Colson Whitehead became the fourth author in history to win two blank prizes for fiction. Pulitzer? Yes, according to Google searches, a surprising number of people tried to find out what date blank fell on this year oh uh christmas no cinco de mayo (laughs) seems a lot of us wonder when exactly cinco de mayo was this year if you're one of those people that happened on the same day it did last year on the cinco of mayo i mean how dumb are these people don't they know the great mexican general cinco de mayo's birthday was on the fifth of may (laughs) bill how did adam do in our quiz Adam had
1: four right for eight more points. He now has 13 Oh, so
0: close. All right, then. So how many, then, does Helen here need to win? Four. Count them. Four. Okay, Helen, this is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Monday, U.S. Allied Intelligence said it was highly unlikely the coronavirus originated from a lab in blank. Wuhan. Right. After undergoing treatment for a gallbladder infection, Supreme Court Justice blank was released from the hospital.
3: Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
0: Right. This week, Secretary of Education blank unveiled new regulations for reporting sexual assault on campus.
3: Betsy DeVos. Right. This
0: week, Canada announced plans to ban blanks.
3: Fighting moose.
0: Assault (laughs) weapons. A landlord in Australia says he's having trouble renting one of his fully furnished apartments because the bathroom is blank.
3: Um, non-existent?
0: Because the bathroom is in the middle of the kitchen and has clear glass walls. On Tuesday, entertainment giant Blank reported that coronavirus had cost the company $1.4 billion. Disney. Right. On Monday, Don Shula, the winningest coach in the history of the Blank, passed away at the age of 90. Um, NFL? Yes. This week, Highway Patrol in Utah pulled over a car that was weaving in and out of traffic and discovered that the driver was Blank.
3: Um, A fighting moose. No,
0: they discovered that the driver was a five-year-old boy who stole his parents' car and was headed to California to buy a Lamborghini. (laughs) Police pulled over the SUV after it was spotted going 30 miles under the speed limit and driving erratically. They assumed the driver was drunk, but didn't expect that he'd be drunk from a juice box. Even Mm -hmm. though the five-year-old could barely reach the pedals, he still made it over a mile from his house. Police called his parents to come pick him up and charged the adorable little felon with one count of grand theft. all
2: mm. Yeah, he was he
0: was on high C. He was. Bill, did Helen do well enough to win?
1: Let us all bow before Helen, who had five right for ten more points, a total of 17, and the win! She really is, wait, wait, don't
2: tell me's murder hornet.
1: <laughs>
0: In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists, now we've had the murder hornet, what will be the next scourge we have to face? But first, let me tell you. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago, in association with Urgent Haircut Productions' Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godeker writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Gianna Cappadona. Our intern is Emma Day. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our murder producer is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse, our senior producer is Ian Chillag, and the executive producer, wait, wait, don't tell me, that's Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be the next scourge to come after us once we're done with a murder hornet? Adam Burke. We'll be invaded by the Elon Musk rat, an eccentric rodent who tanks your company's
4: value by tweeting that the stock price is too high. Helen Hong.
3: Whatever it is, please, for the love of God, don't let them be Asian.
2: <laughs>
1: and Mo Raka.
2: The earth will split open and swallow us all
1: whole. (laughs) Well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't
0: Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Adam Burke, Helen Hong, and Mo Rocca. Thanks to all of you for listening, and congratulations for getting through another week. I'm Peter Sagal, and we will see you next week. This is NPR. Don't forget the short survey we'd love for you to take at npr.org slash podcast survey. Thank you.